Welcome to West Virginia Talk with James and Jerry. I'm James. And I'm Jerry. And it is Black History Month. John Henry was a steel-driving man. I like it. Now, don't tell me you've never heard of John Henry. I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not that I haven't heard of people. Once again, my memory is very poor. I don't have that photo memory that you have. (laughs) And so a lot of times I can listen to music. I can watch TV. And I could not tell you the name or the title of what I listened to or watched 15 minutes later. (laughs) My wife, a lot of times, will walk in the room and she goes, what are you watching? And I have just turned it on. I mean, the screen credits have just finished. And I'll look at her and go, not a clue. Wow. So you... You're the goldfish of podcasters. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, John Henry was a steel driver man. It was a rhyme when I was young, but Johnny Cash had uh, a famous song about it called The Legend of John Henry's Hammer. So, what, here's the legend, okay? And, and like I said, this part could be legend. It could be real. None of it. We're talking the 1800s. There's no video evidence of it. This is all oral history, Mm -hmm. okay? And I'm sure it's been embellished over decades and centuries or whatever. So John Henry was a giant of a man, which I found out later. He was roughly 6'2 and 200 pounds. Small guy. Back then, he was a giant of a man, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So he could drive uh, spikes into the railroad ties way faster than anybody else could, okay? That was, he took a lot of pride in that. Well, this man invented a steam-driven machine that could do it faster. And he said, no, it can't. So there was a challenge to see who was going to do it faster. And as the legend goes, John Henry beat the machine by one spike, but he was so exhausted that he died on the spot. Now, the death part, I have no recollection of, okay? But I will tell you this much. I There was a cartoon. Tall Tales. That I watched. And when you were describing that, I was like, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. That's in West Virginia. Okay. Now, depending on who you ask, it is more commonly accepted it was in West Virginia. Some people say, no, it was in Virginia. And some say, no, it was in Alabama. But well, technically, those who say it was in Virginia, depending on what year you're talking, they could technically be correct. But so uh, this was in the 1870s, and it was at the Big Bend Tunnel in Talcott, West Virginia. Now, and there is a big bronze plaque there commemorating the event. Where can that be located? So that if anybody wants to visit the state... Do you think you might be able to find a spot on the map, like maybe a city that it's close to or a highway? Because I do know that a lot of people like to travel. I know that uh, if you go down to uh, right now, well, it's actually any time of the year if you go down to the New River Gorge uh, National Park, they have a CD that you can get and they'll play historical information about blacks in in the state of west virginia more like central eastern is it still central it's 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 near the new river gorge and bluestone lake okay and all that stuff so it's in the southern part of the state yeah it's getting down there um probably going towards princeton maybe all right 
And uh, 64 is in there somewhere. So, yeah, I-64. It's between Raleigh and Greenbrier County, I think. It's been a while since I've been down here, but I'm pretty sure that was Summers County I was in. Like sure. I said, I just want to give people a general idea of where to look on the map to kind of help ease the burden of trying to find it if they wanted to ever visit that location. Right, right. I'm pretty sure it's between Beckley and, let's just say, Greenbrier County. So. Okay. All right. So it's, a like like we said, near Hinton. That is the Big Bend Tunnel commemoration plaque for John Henry in Talcott. So our uh, next person of interest, our next famous black West Virginian that we celebrate today, Catherine Johnson, who we recently lost in 2020 at the age, the young, young age of 101 years old. Jerry, incredible. Jerry, Catherine Johnson, who is that? Well, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, was she a mathematician? Yeah, you got it. And it's funny because I just mentioned Greenbrier County, right? Well, she was from White Sulphur Springs in Greenbrier County. Now, she was a NACA mathematician to start with in 1952. What the heck is the NACA? Any idea? The, the NACA. The National Advancement Committee for Aeronautics. Nice. It was pre NASA. It was pre NASA. Okay. Nineteen fifty-two. So she was a mathematician for the NACA and NASA from nineteen fifty-two to nineteen eighty-six. Subject of the recent film Hidden Figures. Are you serious? That's she was one of the key characters that it was based off of. I would say she was the, the key. character. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. So uh, when she was little, she showed a, at an early age that she was a math whiz. So her parents sent her to Institute, West Virginia, to West Virginia State College, 10 years old. Got me? Uh-huh. 10 years old, went to college. Back then, though, they had a high school there. So she started high school at the age of 10. And she stayed in Institute during school years, and then she'd go back to her family in Greenbrier County in the summer. Okay. So she went to high school at West Virginia State College and graduated from West Virginia State College, got her degrees in mathematics and French at the age of 18. Oh, my goodness. College graduate, 18 years old. So she started at the NACA as a mathematician, but they called them computers well, because they computed yeah, numbers. so, yeah. But that's where the word computer comes from. These were what they called mathematicians at. Wow. I don't know if it was just at the NACA. I don't know if they called it NACA. I don't know. <laughs> when we got NASA. Right. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, they called her a computer with a skirt. Okay. And there were a lot of racial and gender barriers for her. Right. But they they let her get away with a lot of stuff. Well, when you're that smart, you don't have, I mean, you pretty much. Now, the movie, now, I, I read what she said. The movie depicts her using the whites-only bathroom, and they they made a big deal about it. And she said that they didn't. So, I guess it was for dramatic effect. Right. I don't know. But uh, she said that uh, 
racism was there, but not much. And it wasn't more than what she could handle. She just didn't really, it didn't really hurt her much. You know, right. it just it wasn't a big deal for her. Um, but some, some of the liberties that she had at the NACA went away whenever it became NASA. Okay. They had a rule. If you're a woman, you ain't signing off on anything. Your name is on nothing. Okay. You just do this for me. I'll sign off on it with my name. Okay. Well, uh, the one that she was working for let her do it anyway, because she was doing most of the work. So she said she was the first one at NASA, the first woman that had her name on anything at NASA. Okay. Wow. Now, what did she do at NASA? That was <laughs> fairly historic. Well, first and foremost, her calculations led to the first orbit. Yeah. It's crazy. How about that folks? A, black woman from west virginia is the one that calculated the trajectory of alan shepherd in 1961 and his launch window she was so impressive with her numbers and her ability to do math yeah john glenn that was kind of part of his pre-flight check he would have them have her review the numbers i'm getting to that too i'm getting to that I mean, <laughs> yeah when nasa started using computers to, to calculate these trajectories and stuff in the launch windows, they would take these numbers from the computer and give them to her to make sure they were right. Yeah. She checked. <laughs> she made sure the computer was right. How smart are you when they say, check the computer's numbers to make sure the computer didn't screw up? That's amazing. Okay. Th that means there is no human error whatsoever. None. I would have, I would have failed miserably as her child or her grandchild, because I'm terrible at math. She'd have been so disappointed in me. Well, my, my son's a junior in college. He's an engineering degree. I wish that we still had Catherine Johnson among us so she could help tutor him. Right, right. He, he's good in his own right when it comes to mathematics. Some other things he's having some trouble with, but uh, that's a private matter. Get this. She also calculated the trajectory of the Apollo 11 Mission that was the moon landing. People, mm -hmm. a black female from West Virginia, who shattered all stereotypes, helped calculate the. Well, she didn't help; she did it. Yeah, she calculated the trajectory for the moon landing. Okay, and she would finally get the congressional gold medal too. I do believe. Yeah, from uh, President Obama. Yeah, that's about freaking time. It took him long enough. Yeah, nineteen sixty nine to now. Yeah. Well, I think it was 2016, I think. No. What year was it? 2015, I think, is when she got it. And and I know this is a big deal already, okay, for what she accomplished. But I think what gets overlooked is not only did she break all these barriers in, inside the nation, this was when we were in a space race with Russia. Yeah. So. How much credit does she get? Right. This woman's math is what put America ahead of the Russians. Without yep. this one woman, yep. it is very possible that America does not win that space race. Yeah. Everyone knows Neil Armstrong. Everyone knows Buzz Aldrin. Can't remember the third dude on the moon. Can't remember. But anyway, uh, until this movie came out, be honest, folks. How many of you knew who Katherine Johnson was? I've never even seen the movie. I have. You you have to <laughs> you have to enjoy math to enjoy the movie. Oh, well. 
I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. But like I said, she clearly does not get the recognition that she deserves because, once again, like I said, what she accomplished is a huge feat. Right. right. And it changed the entire course, literally, of our nation. Yeah, I understand there's a lot of people that had roles that they that were played in the space race. There's so many things that could have gone wrong. Minus one person, it, it changes everything. But when you're making the trajectory <laughs> and you're the one that's double checking the computer. Yep. You would think there would be a statue outside by Neil Armstrong's of her. Yep. So if you know anyone that thinks that West Virginia's education system is lacking, you tell them we had, and this is back in the 40s. Was it the 40s? Yeah. Yeah, it was back in the 30s and 40s. It was the, uh, yeah, 30s to the 40s. West Virginia State, she was there in 1933. Yeah, 30s and 40s. So you tell people, hey, we had one that graduated high school when they were 14 years old, graduated from college when they were 18 with two degrees, Mm -hmm. and went almost immediately to be the smartest person in America in the space program, one of arguably the smartest. It just depends on where you're from. Especially in the math department of that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can build a shuttle, but you got to have people calculate work, which which direction to point it in and all that stuff, you know, orbit and all that stuff. It's crazy. So, yeah, uh, she got her education right here in the state. Remember that. So uh, moving on to one that we honestly thought that we were going to talk to in person. We were just a little too late. Uh, Clifton Brooks died December 28th, just a, two months ago, not even two months ago, at the age of 99, would have been 100 on March 12th of this year. Uh, he was born in Cumberland, Maryland, which is right down from where he grew up in Piedmont and lived in Kaiser, another Mineral County resident. How yep. about that? So what makes Clifton Brooks so great? Well, Let's not call him Clifton because no one in Kaiser called him Clifton. Let's call him Gene, like everybody else did. So Gene was a West Virginia State grad in Institute, another one, okay? He was a World War II vet and a Tuskegee Airman. Calm down, Jerry. I just keep thinking I call, I'm just going to call him Mr. Brooks. Mad respect yeah. for Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Okay, I take that back. I'm going to call him Mr. Brooks, but it's people who knew him called him Gene. Yeah, but I didn't know him. <laughs> okay, I, I knew of him. Sure, sure. I know. Sure. I know. I've met members of his family before, but yeah, like I said, I mean, he's just on a different level. You know what I mean? Honestly, part of my language. He's a badass. I yeah, mean, you can't I mean, get you can't get much more badass than Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. He, like I said, he served his country, and many, many did back then in a time where they weren't really appreciated for what they did, the now, sacrifice that was made. Right. Now, here, disclaimer, not all Tuskegee Airmen were pilots. Right. Okay? You had to have mechanics and, and all these other things. What was his job? Come uh, on. Mechanic? No. No? He was a cryptologist. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Secret codes. I feel so stupid now. He was breaking the yes. secret codes. Yes. 
Huh? And he didn't even really talk about it to his family either. No. Nope. From my understanding. He got to carry a gun, but he was instructed not to shoot Germans. <laughs> Who else are you going to shoot? But anyway, so, uh, yeah, he was a cryptologist with the 332nd Fighter Group. He was the last living Tuskegee Airman in the Mountain State. So wow. Clifton Brooks, Gene, or Mr. Brooks, however you'd like to address him, died uh, less than two months ago, December 28th. Uh, the South End Park in Kaiser, it's so cool. They renamed it the Clifton Brooks Memorial Park before he even passed away. Yeah. He got to live to see this park renamed in his honor. And this was a town he lived in for 99, well, around for 99 years. And if you guys don't know where Kaiser and Piedmont are, they're maybe six miles apart. They're not very far. Six miles apart. <laughs> and that road that uh, connects the two right along that B&O Railroad. So uh, when he died, he had 24 grandchildren, 48 great grandchildren and seven great great grandchildren I, I would love to be old enough to know seven great great grandchildren i'm gonna kind of guess that at the rate that my children are progressing that i probably will never see a <laughs> grandchild I, i'm surprised i got to see my kids uh you know become legally adults can't <laughs> believe it <laughs> 